sometimes I just feel like I should be on. Uh, sometimes I feel like there is really no need to say anything about asking God's people to give. It, it should be part of our, of our life. We shouldn't be encouraged. We should encourage ourselves to give because God has commanded us to give. And so it's a privilege to give to what God's doing on the earth. <clears throat> people invest monies and they do whatever just to get along get ahead here but God has actually given us the opportunity to invest in the things of heaven and uh, as we pursue that then God blesses us so we're glad uh, if you're visiting here tonight you're truly welcome um, I believe you'll love our church amen <laughs> and you come back amen would you all stand please <clears throat> Would you lift your offering up because the word says Jesus worships the Father with it. Lord, I worship you with my tithe and my offering. I thank you for bringing me out of bondage into blessing. I believe I am now free from poverty and lack. Everything I put my hands to prosper. Satan, take your hands off my finances. Lord, let the ministering spirits be released. Let them gather in my harvest now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. God bless you as you give. They have their music sheet here for me to sing. <laughs> we make joyful noise. Thank you. <laughs> So now that you're seated, would you please stand up? This is still something in this church, standing seats. <laughs> okay. Please let's um, recite Isaiah 50, verse 4, as a prayer to our Lord and our confession. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Tonight, uh, I want to uh, speak again on prayer. And I have a motive, ulterior motive. We have a powerful service coming on Sunday. And I need you all to pray uh, for God to do signs and wonders and miracles. I am very excited about it because I have the opportunity to see God at work. Amen. It's an opportunity for me to see God at work. I've seen legs grow out. I've seen all kinds of stuff. And, uh, but I, I don't know what God's going to do on this Sunday. So I'm really, it's not something to wonder about and dread what's going to happen. I'm excited because I get to see miracles. Amen. I got to see Jesus at work. And he's going to be here. And he's going to heal people. I have no doubt about that. People are going to be healed. I hope, I just pray that, that's what I want you to do, pray. That everyone that comes here with a problem, he's healed. Amen. If you're sick, one God, God will heal. 
uh, even those who are praying for those that are sick, that God also will touch them. It's, it's, that's our heritage. Jesus purchased that for us. He belongs to us, and we, we can take that. And so please invite people to the service. I, I, I cannot believe that God is already doing something because I got a call from way back, maybe in the south part of uh, Houston, and um, they had some issues uh, with uh, oppression, demonic oppression. And, you know, just encourage them, give them what the word says. And they were comfortable. But they know if somebody that's sick, bring them here. And so they are driving all the way down from South probably Pasadena. And that's my mind saying that, uh, to the service on Sunday. Which to me is God telling, telling me and you prepare i'm sending them here get ready and we will see signs and we will see wonders amen god's going to heal people so come excited come ready to worship and come ready to to see a unified faith bringing people healing i believe that people will be healed even before we pray i really believe that during the service they came for healing Jesus doesn't have to wait for me to speak <laughs> before he starts healing them. Amen? He is here. He's, he's going to be walking among us. And he's going to heal. Uh, he'll be healing people. And so he gets the glory. We won't even know what he's doing. But people will just be healed wherever they're seated, worshiping God. And they're going to say afterwards, what? I don't, the pain is gone. Good. And, but we will make sure that they don't keep it secret. We want to know about it. Amen? So tonight I want to speak on uh, a message I titled, Be on your guard and pray. Be on your guard and pray. Let's just take him from scriptures. Why should we pray? Every Christian should have a prayer life. Let me say this. Most Christians pray more than they read their Bibles. I know you don't believe it, but check, it's the truth. You know why they pray more than that? Trouble. Okay? When things get difficult, even people who don't go to church pray. Right? (laughs) But they don't ever touch their Bible. It's gathering dust over there. So I know we think that people read the Bibles more than they pray. No. People pray more than they read the Bible. It's just the truth. When they're driving to work, something happens, they're calling on Jesus. Amen? And that's prayer. So the first thing that leaves, it's like it's reading your Bible. But when a Christian doesn't have a prayer life, You're setting yourself up for trouble because it's coming. It's called the evil day. It's called the evil day. The Bible talks about it. There is always an evil day coming. And you need to be ready. And you need to be on the the guard. You need to be ready. Listen to what Job says. Job 14 verse 1. This is just a principle. It says, man who is born of woman. And everyone is born of woman. 
man, a human being who is born of woman, is a few days compared to eternity. It's few days. You have you just have few days. And guess what it says? And full of troubles. You cannot be without trouble. So don't think it's strange. You're not alone in your troubles. If you're experiencing it, there are many people in the world experiencing the same. Now it's your decision to decide, I mean to do with your trouble what you need to do. And there's only one that can relieve you from them and help you with them. And that's God. And that's through prayer. And so Psalm 60 verse 11 says, Give us help from trouble. So we are besieged with troubles. It never ceases. There's something you have to deal with. There's something going on in everyone's life. And you have to deal with it. And the scripture says, give us help from trouble. We got troubles all around us. Only God can give us, it says, for the help of man is useless. You can't depend on anybody. You have to trust God. And doing that is crying out to God. Give us help from trouble. Because trouble is always around us. So, man, if you are a man, there's trouble. That's one reason to pray. I do believe that Satan, every single day, has meetings. God has meetings. If you read in Job chapter 1, he said, God gathered, I don't know, angels, everybody gathered, and God was speaking, and Satan came to meeting. You know that scripture? And God said, Did you, have you seen my servant Job? What if God called your name in that way? You, Job had no idea what was happening over there. And then another, after the first episode, Satan was back again in the meeting. So what does that tell you? There is a meeting going on. And guess what? Read Isaiah 54. God says, they shall surely gather, but not by me. I didn't send them. Guess who is gathering? The enemy, Satan. They are gathering in a meeting against your life. What are they trying to do? Give you trouble. It's constant. And there's only one person that can give you relief from trouble. Help from trouble. And that's God. And until you call, you get nothing. You don't have because you didn't ask. So, we ought to pray. You ought to have a prayer life. I have often said, if you don't have that going... He will take just probably six weeks to two months. Do it consistently. He becomes a part of your life. And it's a good habit to have. Before long, you become addicted to it. I like that word. (laughs) Be addicted to prayer. And, And nothing can stop you. You read the story of Daniel? They have a law. We throw you in with lions. But this guy was addicted to prayer three times a day. And wasn't scared about the lion's den. When that time comes, he's thinking, I got to go. I got to go. Because the Father is calling. He knows that you're coming. That's a time of fellowship. 
I know we don't understand it, but the Father, was, if you read in Genesis, God was always around for Adam, for fellowship. He is still the same. He's looking for fellowship with his child that God, Jesus gave to him through his death. And he called you. Jesus said, no one will come to me except he is first heard from the Father. And everyone who hears from the Father comes to me. So you came. And if God sent you to Jesus for your salvation so he can have relationship with you, he looks forward to that time of fellowship with you. And he understands you're busy with all the stuff. He wasn't with Adam all the time, according to the scripture. But there was a certain time Adam knew he was coming. And I think God is still the same today. And you got to find that time and spend with him. That's when you pray, especially if you can pray in the spirit. I talked about that last week. You pray about things that you don't even know. Because God himself said, call to me and I will answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't know anything about. When are you calling? During the time of prayer. You're calling. And God's answering and showing you things. To pray about that you don't even know anything about, especially when you're praying in the Spirit. So if you are a man, you ought to pray. And if you're not praying, no matter how strong you are as a Christian, slowly but surely, your fire is going out. And you're not aware of it. Your fire will be going out. You still go to church. You still hear Amy sing and your hands are up and you may feel something, but your fire is going out. Your fire is going out. That's what the Bible says. It says in Luke 18 verse 1, he said he spoke a parable to them that men, men always, how often? Always. You ought to do this. It's not a commandment, but you really need this. This is God telling us. This is truth. If you are a man, you need, you ought to be praying constantly, always. Otherwise, you lose heart. Now, listen, something. When Jesus says something, that's law. It's revealing our nature to us. And it's no plan, it's no game. He's telling you who you really are as a man, as a Christian. If you are not praying, you will lose heart. That's just the way it is. So your best friend is the one that is encouraging you to spend at least a few minutes with God in prayer. Why? He wants to answer. He knows the troubles around your life. You have to do that. You have to do that. I've read stories of God waking the people up in the middle of the night to pray. They can't sleep and they have that thought in their hearts to pray. Why? Can't God just act on his own? No. He said to us, pray this way. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So until you call for it, because this is where he says heaven... Even the heavens, they belong to God. The earth, he has given to the sons of men. So nothing happens here unless 
through man. Nothing. That's why I believe Jesus called, he referred to himself more as the son of man. Meaning, I'm human. I have right to be here. I have right to operate here. I'm human. You will expect him to say, son of God. He doesn't say that very much. Always son of man, son of man, son of man. I'm a man. I'm a human. I'm here, right here. God couldn't do anything. Why didn't God just save the people from up there? No, he couldn't. He had to become a man. And come to be here. And, and I used to wonder why Jesus prayed so much. Yeah, as a man, you pray. That's the way for a man to live. Jesus is our example. Even the Son of God had to pray. Why? He was a man. He came as a man. God in human form. As a man, you pray. And so as a man, if you are not praying, something is wrong. Something is going to go wrong. It's going to be tough. You'll lose heart. The Bible talks about Jesus as a man, Hebrews 5 verse 7. He says, who in the days of his flesh. Can you understand that? When he was a man. In the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with vehement cries of strong cries and tears. That's God. That's God in human form. In the days of his flesh, he was crying out to God. Prayers, supplication, praying to him who was able to save him from death. We're talking here about the resurrection. You think, well, God will raise his son. He has to pray for it. Right? So you need to pray. So he spent a lot of time praying. Preparing himself. And he is our example. And you see what's happening in the world today. Everything is being tolerated in Christianity. Well, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, we can be this way. It's not okay with God. You know why they can't see it? Why the even Christians in church call good evil? And evil good and excuse it and then they think you are even bad and evil because you don't allow it. And they think they are right and you mean. Why? Because their eyes are no longer open. The worst place to be is to be lukewarm. If you are cold, you see it differently and there could be light. Lukewarmness is the worst place for a Christian to be because at that stage, you are almost blind. You can't see. You still think you got it, but it's no longer there. It's gone. And God says, you make me sick. I'm going to throw up. Just get you off from me. That's the worst place to be. So as a man, as a Christian, you, we have to develop that. If you find somebody to be accountable to, or you find some time to do it. I mean, I'm not talking about a religious thing. If I don't do it this day, well, God is not happy with me. That's silly. But it's something you 
eventually enjoy because you want to be with your father. And if you don't have it, you want to go back and do it. It's not to be spiritual. It's just doing what God says. And it's really the way to live. Jesus came to show us how to live. He was the perfect man. (laughs) The rest of us, we are not really men the way God wants us to be. The first real man was Adam and Eve when they were perfect. After that, they were compromised men. Oh, man and woman. And that came to us until Jesus came. And then he showed us how to really live. And so we must follow that example. The Bible tells us about Jesus. Mark uh, 1 verse 35. He says, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight. That's the Son of God. He rose up a long while before daylight. He went out. And departed to a solitary place. And that was left his disciples. One want to disturb them. Didn't bother about them. Didn't rebuke them. He needed to be with his father. And this was long before they got up. I'm sure they woke up and he's not there. I guess after a while they got used to it. He's gone. They know where he was. He's been. To be with his father. I want your kids to have the same idea about you. They know where you are. You know, I was listening to a song way back then. Um, the kids are playing in the house. Mama is in the room. And, 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 and this kid is, you know, had their ears listening. And Mama is calling their name before God. Right? They can hear, God bless. And that kid, yes. Mama is talking to God. You know, Mama, in their minds, that's Mama. And she's talking to God, and she's calling my name before God. Stay with the kid. He says, an adult now, he's singing about it. I hear my mama calling my name before God. And they never departed from God. They stayed with God. It's precious to them. We need to have that. Amen? We need to have that. We need to have that. If Jesus did that, When Jesus was to pick his disciples, you know, who think, that's where, I had to really think through this. That's why I'm telling you, we have a healing service coming on Sunday. It just don't happen. Somebody's got to pray for it. All of us have to pray for it. And I love to pray for it because in my mind, yes, somebody, maybe, maybe they've been suffering for many years. And then they come to our service and the suffering ceases. The pain is gone. I remember years back when we started ministry, Angela and I, I was in Nigeria preaching. And there was a woman, an elderly woman, maybe in her sisters. She had a condition 25 years. She was healed in the meeting, but she didn't see a thing. And in, the, in our country, they, they, have, they always want to give thanks to God. So she brought a few things, articles, and on the, the last day of the meeting, that's when I found out about it, that she'd been sick for about 25 years. And during the service, God healed her. Another thing, I'm sure she wanted to wait to be sure he was gone, okay? <laughs> she came and gave thanks. 
But I wasn't, it wasn't just the miracle that was concerning to me. Now she can sleep. No pain. Now she knew exactly where it came from. It wasn't the preacher. It came from Jesus. Now she knows God didn't forget me. God's with me. I'm sure before she went to sleep, she'll kneel down and give him thanks. Now she's closer to God. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. It wasn't just the miracle. The beauty of our relationship with God and freedom from the pain just for a few minutes of prayer. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's why we pray. It just won't happen. We just all not pray about it and let's see what God will do on Sunday morning. That's silly. We are co-laborers with him. So we pray and ask God, would you touch people today? And if, if all of us are praying, if two shall agree concerning anything, what did he say? On the earth. See what I mean? That's humans. If we agree this is what we want, Jesus said, it will be done. It will be done. If all of us agree, God, you heal the people. Guess what? And we are really in agreement. God says, yes, we'll do it. Amen. It's us with God. So you pray, let's come ready, okay, to see signs and wonders done by our God. Even in the, in, this is what our, uh, Paul tells us about prayer. He says, the chapter, that's Ephesians chapter 6, talking about spiritual warfare. I hear the word warfare a lot. That used to bother me. I'm sorry. I'm not as spiritual as you. Those words are like, what does that really mean? Spiritual warfare. I don't, I'm not carrying guns, you know what I mean? <laughs> spiritual warfare. But, but. He tells us, put on the whole armor of God. You know that, right? For spiritual warfare. And I'm thinking, what kind of armor? I don't see no armor. But you don't take the armor off, right? Right? You go to sleep with it. It's always there. You have your armor on all the time. Because the enemy, even while you're sleeping, is still trying to kill you. Right? So, I got my armor on. Amen. But then he says, and take off the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. You know, that was be aware of it. That you got authority and you can use it anytime you want. Sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. How many have the word of God with you? Yes, anytime. You can quote them. It's sword. That's why you shouldn't be thinking the word. Speak it. Amen. You can't have the sword in the sheet and then you're, you're killing your, your enemy. It doesn't work that way. You've got to get it out, right? And use it. Well, the way to use, if it's a word and it's sword, then speak it. That's how you use it. Taking the sword of the Spirit. Then he says, praying, how often? Always. Always. That's Christian living. This is for the church and every one of us. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in capitalized spirit. That's what I talked about last week. Praying in tongues. 
I know these days it's a fight. I just don't care what people think. We stay with scripture. Not man's opinion. I hate it when I hear, well, God doesn't do that anymore. He left. Why would God allow Mary to speak in tongues? Mary, the, the mother of Jesus, spoke in tongues. Well, I didn't see Jesus. I've never carried Jesus ever. This was a woman that had miracles. And saw Jesus both after, before he died. While he was dying, he was right there. I wasn't there. She saw everything. And yet, she waited to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. And you think you're so special, you don't need it? (laughs) How special are you compared to Mary? Mary needed to speak in tongues. And you say, well, we don't need that now. You got to be kidding. (laughs) That's a joke. Jesus' brothers were there too. They received. And so Paul Assuming that all Christians can pray in the Spirit, he's saying to them, pray always in the Spirit. Always. With all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Then he says, being watchful to this end. With all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So, God's commanding us to pray for one another. Again, because troubles. So I'm not just praying for my, for my deliverance from troubles and praying for everybody. For all saints, that's all saints all over the world. In the morning, on Sunday mornings, when we come to pray in the morning here, those of us that gather, often we pray for all Christians around the world. And I join them because I know it's 6 o'clock here, somewhere else it's 12 o'clock. Some of somewhere else, they're just starting their service. Amen? Some of them are through with service and God has blessed them. They are rejoicing, going back home somewhere in the world. But we are together. We are family. And I can't forget them. I'm united with them in spirit. And I'm thanking God. Use them. Use your ministers. Bless them. Speak through them. We pray for them. It's very important. Because it says, pray for all saints. So I got them in my mind, I pray in tongues. Amen? I can pray for all of them. And then Paul says, and for me, that utterance may be given to me. I wonder, what does this mean? You can't talk? You are Paul, for goodness sake, right? Why are you asking for prayer? See, you can't do anything without God. See? Paul says, pray for me. I need prayer. So that I, I will be able to speak. He, he, well, can't you speak, Paul? You got revelation, yeah? But he has to depend on the Spirit. And let the Spirit give him the words to speak. Because if they are his words, they can't change lives. But if they are from the Spirit, and the Christians are praying for him, then the words that he speaks, come from the Spirit of God, and the Word of God says, the Word that I speak, they are Spirit, and they are life. They give life to people. You know, a lot of Christians always say, well, the pastor is not very anointed. You know, because you didn't pray. (laughs) It's not just the pastor's fault. You have a part in that. So you leave that church and go to another less anointed pastor's church, okay? (laughs) And you keep going. If you pray for your pastor, 
he's going to get anointed. Amen. He might say one word, and a person sitting there says, that's my miracle. I needed to hear that word. Because he's so smart. No, because the Holy Spirit spoke that word to that individual. Why? Because somebody was praying. Somebody was praying. These things don't happen by coincidence. God says, pray this way. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you pray for your children and you constantly pray for your children, things will change. It's true. Because there is a God. Things will change. No matter how tough, let me say this. When it's really bad, that's when, to re- don't let it pull you away from God. That's when you go even stronger and seek God's face. Because he will answer. That's when you will get to know that God really is. Because all of a sudden, he'll change the situation. And one day, it's over. And it stays that way. <laughs> because whatever God starts, he perfects. He will perfect it. Otherwise, we're just kidding ourselves. Coming to church is Wednesday. You can stay home, watch the news, do whatever you want to do. But you are before God. That should mean something in your life. It should change something in you. And there's something happening to you right now. God's changing you. You may not be aware of it, but he's changing things in your life. That's what Jesus, Peter wasn't aware that he's been cleansed. He says, wash me all over. Jesus said, that's not necessary. Because the words that I spoke brought you cleansing. So you're being cleansed, you don't even know it. It's science. Just because you are in his presence. And the Bible says in his presence, his fullness of joy. Are we in his presence here? Yeah, we are. There is fullness of joy. But people look, well, where is it? Well, just enjoy it. Don't, you, have to, you don't have to see it. Just enjoy it. Believe what God has said. It's right here in the scriptures. Amen? Yeah, so we pray. I like what Paul says. He says in First um, Thessalonians 5 verse 17, Pray without ceasing. I used to read that scripture and I would just go over it. I can't do that. I still need time to, to eat my hamburger. I can't be praying. While I'm eating my hamburger. (laughs) When I'm in class, listening to my instructor teaching me science, how could I be praying? How could he say, pray without season? I can't do that. Amen? I shouldn't say amen over there. It's not good. (laughs) But when you have that mindset... To call on God. Is there even in your thoughts? How many of you have had a thought and God answered it? Yeah. I see that hand. That's good. He's an amazing God. That's why he tells us in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. He says, to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. So your thoughts could be prayer. But you have to be connected with God. Your thoughts are prayer. 
So we pray without season. I may not quickly, do we have time? I may not quickly go because I'm not coming back to this message. <laughs> My wife is shaking head. <laughs> yeah. I'm in trouble. Now. <laughs> but three things. Why we should pray. Three things. Um, Jesus said to his disciples, right before he went to the cross, he said, uh, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? See, minimum one hour. That scripture used to really bother me. One hour. (laughs) Try it. One hour is a long time. Okay? I remember when I told myself, I'm going to pray in tongues. One hour, every day. I prayed in tongues. Went back and looked. Maybe just 10 minutes. <laughs> like, 10 minutes? I thought I'd been doing this for two. Okay? I thought I'd been doing this for two hours, you know. That's the way I thought it's just 10 minutes. And I'm thinking, I still got 50 minutes to go. Wow. Don't laugh at me because you are the same way, right? (laughs) You want to pray? If you pray, that's what I decided I don't have words to speak. I've already said everything I wanted to say. And it's just five minutes. So I decided I don't have much to say. I'll just pray in tongues for the rest of it. Bury my head down and just pray in tongues. Is that okay, Lord? Yes, let's speak in tongues. And that's it. Because you can't do it. You finish everything, all your good sentences. They are all gone. <laughs> you can uh, wax eloquent that will only last for two minutes and it's over. You have nothing more to say. What will you say? Bless my son. Bless my pastor. Bless Jim. These are less than a second. So that's the good thing. We can pray in the spirit. I can hold Ennis in my mind. I can afford to hold him in my mind for five minutes. Just praying in tongues. And just saying in my head, bless him. But the spirit knows what he needs. And he communicates that to God. And I'm not bored. Because I'm holding him in my heart. I find that when you do that, sometimes the Holy Spirit will come and grip. When there's something, he grips you and you can get emotional. Sometimes cry. It's such a beautiful thing. That's what it means. Pray without ceasing. It comes, it's there. I wish all of us would practice this. Believe me, if as a church we start doing this, you come in on Sunday and somebody even sings out a note, and you will be yelling, Hallelujah. 
They miss their chords, and you're still praising God. And when they tell you, we, we were fumbling back there. He said, what fumbling? We had fun. It was great. Amen. Why? Because the Spirit took over. Amen. Ryan, don't laugh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I forgot where I was going. <laughs> okay. So now, three things. Pray for an hour. And then it says, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. So if the flesh is weak, stay with the spirit, okay? (laughs) Stay with the spirit. It says, watch and pray. Lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed is willing. Indeed you're willing. But the flesh is weak. So many times I've seen us pray. As we are praying. Especially. It's really loud at the beginning. And the people kneel and face. After 30 minutes. They go into what I call deep meditation. With a little snoring here and there. (laughs) That doesn't happen to you, but. (laughs) So why, lest lest you enter into temptation. Let me say, say, say something to you. When you are not praying, this is very key. Following God comes goes with persecution and difficulties. I've had people, they get saved and all of a sudden it's like more troubles. It's like something is wrong. I mean, if you talk to people like that. Yes, it's just like that. And what is happening, anything that's with Christ, the troubles of following God can cause you to slowly move away. You know, Jesus had his troubles. And, and they came as the persecution was coming. And he knew he was going to the cross. The disciples didn't understand what was going on. And just seeing Jesus going through trouble, they were like, bewildered. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to help him. And so he said, pray. Not for himself. That you will not enter into temptation. What was he talking about? What temptation was he talking about? You see, because of the troubles of following Christ, because Satan comes after you, when you follow Jesus, he comes after you. Everything concerning you is not about you, it's about Jesus that you're following. That's what it is. And what Jesus was telling them is this, if you don't pray before long, you are going to disbelieve everything I've told you. And beyond that, before long, you're denying me. And before long, they're betraying him. And before long, they're deserting him. That happened. Disbelief, betrayal, denial, And they all left. And Jesus told them, strike the shepherd, 
the rest of them will scatter. Sometimes I have this feeling there was only one of them that was read by Jesus at the cross. Remember John and with Mary? Where were the rest of them? You know what I feel? He was so close to Jesus, I'm sure he could feel the pain. And maybe he, I don't know. I'm just saying, this is just me. Maybe he cried more to God, what's going on? And he was hanging on to Jesus, even if he could do nothing. But he was right there at the, the foot of the cross. You get what I'm saying? If you're not praying, most likely. That's why it says, the spirit is willing. They don't want to abandon him. That was far from their thoughts. But seeing him, the trouble of following Christ, if you're not praying before long, you won't even, even though you really in your mind you want to stay close, you're going away and you're deserting. Make sense? But your spirit wants to still stay with him. But what you're doing is going away from him. Because that's what, that's what I never really did understand that. But that's what he was telling them. Don't pray. Can't you just wait with me for one hour? And Jesus had to pray because he had, he had something so he won't turn away from it. He was son of God, right? Yet he went to the garden and he was asking the father. And he says, if, if this thing won't pass, let, let me drink it. And then after that, he stood and never, went, never looked back. No fear, nothing. Focus. Because he had spent that time with the Father. That's number one. So prayer is very critical. That's why Jesus told us, Christians ought always to pray and not lose out. It happened to them. Right? They ought to always to pray. So we must spend that time praying. Secondly, um, Jesus said we should pray, watch and pray, because you don't know what hour he's coming. And then he gave a parable. He says, take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. Then he says, it is like a man going to a far country. So that's the reason he says to watch and pray in this case. It's like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work. Every one of you has something he wants you to do. Now, if you're not praying, guess what? You won't be doing it. When he comes back, you're not doing what he gave to you to do. You failed. It's like the one that had the one talent, buried it. And guess where he ended up? He says, tie him up, throw him out. I don't want to be there. Prayer will prevent that. Amen? That's one thing. And then the last thing he says in uh, Luke 21, he says, I want you to pray that you may be counted worthy to escape these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Counted worthy to stand before the Son of Man. So a day is going to come, you are going to stand before him. But he says to watch and pray so that that will be. Because things are coming and they may distract you. And then you are not counted worthy to stand in his presence when that day comes. These are reasons for prayer. Stand up with me. I've taken a lot of time. You know, 
the Spirit of God does certain things with us. As you, I believe that as you hear me speak, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you even more than what you're hearing. And God's telling you, you need to do that. It wasn't what you're hearing. It's the Holy Spirit telling you tonight, you need to do that. Or you are falling back from what you used to do. That's not because you're listening. It's God himself speaking to you. If you will respond, he has something. There's a reason why this message is because some of you, God's calling to himself. He wants to be closer to you. You're close to him, closer to you to minister to your life. Amen? If that's you tonight, just acknowledge it and thank, acknowledge it and thank him. God, I'm very grateful because it's his love and his mercy that's bringing that to you. Acknowledge it and say, God, with your help, it's not by might, it's not by power. You say, with your help, God, I want to do this. Would you help me? Give me grace. Don't ever allow condemnation. That's not for Christians. Please don't. That, otherwise, it will be performance. But ask God for help. Help me, Holy Spirit. Give me grace to do this. Because I know it's pleasing to you. And God will give you help from heaven. Like the scripture says, give us help from trouble. God will give you help. And you will be able to seek him. Father, I want to thank you tonight for your people as we gather before you tonight. Your word has told us many are called, but few are chosen. And there is a narrow way for those who will make it and those who will be counted worthy to stand before you. And you were speaking to all of us. You said, what I say to you, I say to all. That's what you said. And Lord, we've heard you tonight. And we're asking that you help us and give us grace. If we were doing that this before, give us grace to do even more. Grace from heaven. So it won't be us, but through the Spirit of God, the Spirit that gives life, so that we are blessed. I bless your people tonight. Thank you for your word. Help us to go higher in seeking your face. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.